Hi, welcome to the New Covenant Presbyterian Church Sermon Podcast, a congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, the OPC, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Amen. If you would, please take your Bibles and open them to Matthew chapter 4. We're looking at Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Please give your attention now to the reading of God's holy, inerrant, and infallible word. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Amen. Thus far the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Let's go before our Heavenly Father once again in prayer. O Father, as we come to your word and we read about the words and the works of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, we are encouraged to know that he is a physician, that he heals us of diseases and who uh, even more than that, heals us of our spiritual afflictions. Lord, we, we come before you as those who are in great need of the work of such a, a spiritual physician. And so, Lord, we pray that by the power of your Spirit, that we would be healed of, the, of our disease of sin, that we would walk in a godly way that is pleasing to you, that your name might be sanctified. We ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Well, as you know, as is true in any culture, but is of course true in ours as well, uh, cultures go through various trends where people will follow this or that thing. It could be a person or a product, this or that. Things become popular for some reason, and then they uh, go out of popularity and something else takes its place. And there can be many reasons why people may follow this or that thing or, or a particular person as things become popular in this world. If, you, if I were to ask you, why do people follow the Lord Jesus Christ, what would you say? What was it about his ministry at the beginning that caused many people to follow him and to give their attention to him? Well, here in Matthew chapter 4, at the very end of the chapter, we have the conclusion to Matthew's introduction of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that Matthew points out to us here is that there were many who followed the Lord Jesus Christ, and particularly they followed him when they heard his words and when they saw his deeds. That's one of the things that Matthew is pointing out here. It's the thing that he's pointing out. When people hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and when they see the things that he's done, they follow him. It's a very natural thing. And so for you this morning, 
you who have heard the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and have seen the things which he has done, does that cause the same response in you? When you hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you see what he's done, do you follow him? Do you follow him? People who follow Christ, people follow Christ when they hear his words and they see his works. Now we'll look at this passage under two headings. First in verse 23, we'll look at the overview of Christ's ministry, the summary which is given, which is that he, he teaches, preaches, and heals. So there are his words, his teaching and preaching, and there are his works, his healing. And then in verses 24 and 25, we'll look at the result. So when there is the, the teaching and preaching and healing, and then the result is that there are many who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is his words and his works, the summary of his ministry, and there is the result that many people follow. So look with me again at Matthew chapter 4, particularly in verse 23. As we see that Jesus is going about all of Galilee, this was the, the particular place that he um, that he he was during the beginning part of his ministry. He goes all throughout that region and he does three things, we are told. Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the king of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. So again, there are two main things that we have here. There is teaching and preaching, the word of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then there are his works. That's the summary given of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is really the first introduction that Matthew gives us to the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus, the miracles that he would do among the people. Notice, even here, the very first time that it's mentioned, it still is put behind the ministry of the word. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago when we saw that Jesus came preaching. The one thing that Matthew wants us to know about the Lord Jesus Christ that's greater than all of the other things in terms of an overview of what he does during his earthly ministry is that he was a preacher. And here it's emphasized again. Even when Matthew introduces the miracles of the Lord Jesus, he still includes, for the second time, a priority of the preaching and teaching ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is how it has been all throughout the Bible, all throughout the scriptures. The religion which we, which we follow, the religion of Christianity, is primarily a religion of the word of God. Think about even going back to the time of Moses. This has always been the way it was. Moses, the great prophet, greater than all the other prophets in the Old Testament. Or think of all the prophets that came after him. They put before the people of God the religion of the word of God. And all throughout the scriptures, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ cannot make any progress except insofar as they, as they heed the word of God as it's preached and as it is taught. And so we're reminded again this morning of the importance of the word of God. And so I ask you this morning, brothers and sisters, are you sitting faithfully under the ministry of the word? Now, one of the things this would mean would be uh, not just the morning service, but even the evening service, that there is uh, a, a beginning and an ending to the Lord's day as as is found as the pattern of the scriptures in the Old Testament and even in the New, that there would be uh, the preaching and teaching of the word of God as something that we do for the entire day. Also, 
Are you reading the Bible on your own? Do you memorize the scriptures? Do you seek to plant it in your hearts? You know, during this particular time of the year, we're often uh, focused on the Reformation as we look back and we remember the beginning of the Reformation when Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door of the, the Wittenberg Church, Wittenberg Church in, on October 31st in 1517. But what was, the, what was one of the main characteristics of the Reformation? It was a reclaiming of the importance of the Word of God. And there were many men who gave their lives so that the Bible could be translated into our own language. Even the English Bible, the person who translated it, did it at the cost of his own life. And there was a time before he had begun the work that he said to a bishop, he says, there will be a time when I will make a boy plowing the field to know more of the Bible than you, saying to this bishop who who did not know much of the scriptures. There has always been, whenever there has been a revival in the church, it has always come alongside a revival in the word of God. And now this is this even affects even the way we do uh, our evangelism. As I've said primarily in the scriptures, there's, there is the reading of the, of the Bible, which is important. But remember in our catechism, there's actually a priority given to the preaching of the word. That it's, it's primarily through the preaching of the word that God calls sinners to himself. Now think about this with your evangelism. One of the things that you can do to evangelize well, even as we have been praying that there would be new members who would come, is not only to speak the word of God boldly to people, but even simply to invite them to church. Maybe even after you have spoken the word of God to someone, you've urged them to repent and believe, you can say, and look, come to church and, you'll, and you will, will be greeted, you'll be welcomed, there'll be a, a loving people who will receive you, and you'll be able to learn more about the God of all grace. This is the priority which is given in the scriptures. Above anything else that Jesus would do in terms of his miracles, there is a his preaching ministry. One of the church fathers speaking of this relationship between the ministry of the word and the ministry of Christ's miracles said that there are two reasons why the ministry of the word has priority over the the miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing he said is that spiritual healing is more necessary than physical healing. And that is, of course, true. We have a great need because of our sins to be healed, not just in our bodies, but in the very depths of our souls. And that's the healing which Christ does through the ministry of his word. But even a second reason why there is a priority for the word over the works of Jesus Christ in terms of his healing ministries and his miracles is that the works of the Lord Jesus Christ were given to confirm his words. The miracles in the scriptures are given primarily to serve the word. Miracles are given to confirm the word of God to us, and it doesn't work the other way around. The word of God does not confirm the miracles. The miracles confirm that which is greater, the word of of God. And so as you are here this morning and you are thinking about why you are following the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember I asked that in the introduction, why why do people follow the Lord Jesus Christ? And are if you are here, are you following the, the Lord Jesus Christ yourself? Why are you doing so? Hopefully, you can say with a clear conscience that it is that I might know God through him, receiving the forgiveness of my sins 
and growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ through the word preached and read. That is the reason we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a much greater reason than receiving outward physical healing, though as we will see, the Lord does grant it. So that is the summary of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are his words and there are his works. Look with me now at verses 24 and 25 as we see what happens. When people hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, his preaching and his teaching, and when they see his works, they follow him. Notice what happens in verse 24. There is initially a, a, a great amount of excitement about the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and about his miracles which he performs. It says that as he's gone out through Galilee, now he's preached, he's taught, he's healed, and then there is his fame. His fame went forth throughout all of Syria, and people brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he, and he healed them. So now as the Lord Jesus Christ teaches, he, he, he heals a number of people. People realize if we bring to the Lord Jesus Christ our uh, sick, those family members that we care for, our friends, he may even heal them. And so that happens. He bring, They bring to him all of these uh, people with various afflictions, and he heals them. Now, Matthew uh, emphasizes in verse 24 the various number of diseases that Christ is able to heal. There are uh, really five things that are said in verse 24 about the different kinds of diseases. The first two are very general. Um, there are sick people who are afflicted with various diseases and torments. Just to say that the Lord Jesus Christ was able to heal uh, any number of diseases and afflictions that people had. But then there are three more specific ones that are mentioned next. And these would have been ones that were very serious, where if you were to have this sort of affliction, you would not have had, um, you would not have had a ready hope to be healed by simply going to a doctor. Uh, there, was, there was not the same sort of, of hope of being delivered from the affliction. The first thing he mentions is demon possession, something where a demon uh, takes control of a person. We have mentioned in, at the end of Matthew chapter 8, Christ um, delivering uh, someone who had been possessed by a demon, and he cast the demon out from him. It was something that would have been a deeply terrifying thing to experience. And it's, again, something that where if you have that problem, you know, with the man that Jesus had healed in at the end of Matthew chapter 8, they had just left him. There was He was so beyond help that they just left him among the tombs and because he was he was taken to have no hope. The word uh, that gets translated epileptics is related to the word from which we get the word lunatic. Uh, lunatic comes from the Latin idea of like a, a lunar illness, so related to the phases of the moon. That's what it was thought at one point. And the reason why, at least part of the reason why they believe this type of illness was related to the phase of the moon is just simply because they didn't understand it. There is a, an, a, a, apparently this mental illness that would come and go and the, there was no real rhyme or reason to it. It, it may have been uh, linked to um, something like some sort of uh, repeating pattern like the phases of the moon. But it was a, a disease shrouded in mystery. And again, there would have been little hope for someone to be delivered from it. And then, of course, the last one, paralytics, not so much a disease, but a physical affliction. 
where again, if you're paralyzed, there is simply no hope of being delivered. You were in that condition for the rest of your life. All of these, the Lord Jesus Christ delivers from all of their afflictions. He does it to show his great power, that he is mighty and strong to heal of diseases and all kinds of afflictions. Now, this is given in Matthew chapter 4 as a summary statement. Really, the rest of the Gospel of Matthew will be an explication of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and his miracles. And there are are any number of points that uh, Matthew will seek to highlight with the various miracles that the Lord Jesus Christ will accomplish. But I think here, as verse 24 is really a summary of what's going to happen and what the Lord Jesus Christ does in general, it's important for us, I think, to take a look at what the purpose of miracles are. What, what are, Why is it that in the scriptures, very often, the word of God is accompanied with these sorts of, of things happen, these divine acts of God, these miracles, and in particular here, the healing miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there, can, there are at least four reasons why Christ came and healed various kinds of diseases. The first, very simply, is to show the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as I mentioned in the summary of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a priority of spiritual healing over physical healing. But that does not mean that physical healing is unimportant. God gave us our bodies as well as our souls, and our final salvation will include both body and soul. And it's important for us, even as a church, to take seriously the care of people, not just in their souls, but even as, but even in their bodies. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ has come to do. It's a common kindness and compassion that he shows to the people. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ, after he left, gave us uh, two offices in the church, one for the soul and the other for the body, the elder and the deacon. And we ought to uh, carry on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ and care for people, not just by speaking the word to them, but even by caring for their bodies, even if we do not have the authority to do the same sort of miraculous healings that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ did. The second reason why there is the healing miracles of the Lord Jesus Christ is in order to confirm the word, which I have mentioned earlier. It removes all excuses for unbelief. How do you know that the word of God is in fact the word of God? Well, God himself has borne witness to it by sending all kinds of miracles. This is what what happened with Moses, you remember. How they're not going to believe me. If I go before Pharaoh, even if I go before my own people, the elders, they're going to ask me, you know, how, how do you, how do I know that the Lord actually spoke to you? And then God did two things. He revealed to Moses his name, Yahweh. And he also gave him signs that would confirm his words, signs that could not be repeated, signs that showed that he was a messenger of God himself. And this is what happened with the Lord Jesus Christ. This is even the way he argues with the Jews. Remember in John chapter 10, when they were going to stone him, he says, listen, if I've done something wrong, testify about it. But if I, am, if I have only done righteous things, why do you seek to stone me? He says, if you will not believe me, yet believe the works which I have done. 
And even this is what Nicodemus, this is the reason why Nicodemus understood that Jesus truly taught the word of God, was because he said no one could do the things that you do unless he had been sent from God. The works of the Lord Jesus Christ confirm his words so that we can have no excuse for our unbelief. The third reason why there are healing miracles in the scriptures and that the Lord Jesus Christ does is because they teach spiritual lessons. It teaches us that the Lord Jesus Christ is not just a, an, an, a, a physical physician, so to speak, a miraculous physical physician, but also a spiritual physician. Think of the healing of the paralytic in Matthew chapter 9. The whole point is to show, well, why, why does he heal the paralytic? He says, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and walk. He came for physical healing, but he received spiritual healing. And this is very instructive for us. The primary thing that we come to the Lord Jesus Christ for is spiritual healing, that he forgives us of our sins. One of the early church fathers, when he was preaching on this particular passage, he put it uh, very starkly. Think, there are many people who, in this passage, came from a long distance to receive physical healing from the Lord Jesus Christ. They perhaps left family and friends behind uh, as they came all the way from Syria to be healed from the Lord Jesus Christ of the various afflictions and diseases that they had. And you, here this morning, you have to leave no one in order to receive the spiritual healing, which is of far greater value than the physical from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let, let yourselves not be outdone by those who only had the hope of being healed in this life uh, and to be outdone by those who, who were seeking only a physical healing, who even crossed uh, large, vast regions of terrain in order to be in order to be healed, when you can simply repent and believe of your sins and receive the forgiveness of your sins. And the last thing that healing miracles show is they give us a taste of heaven. This is something that we ought not to overlook. This is why we read from Isaiah chapter 35 earlier in the service. There is truly coming a day when there will be no more blind. There will be no more lame. There will be no more diseases and afflictions. And all throughout the Old Testament, that had been prophesied that it would be part of the revelation of the kingdom of God. When the kingdom of God comes, then there will be no more of these things. And here is the king himself coming and giving us a foretaste of what we long for as we pray that God would speed his kingdom to us. He's giving a foretaste of these very blessings as he heals all manner of diseases and sicknesses. Remember, he came the first time to inaugurate that kingdom, to give us a sure hope for the consummation of it. And when he returns on that great last day, then it will be consummated. And so if you are struggling with any kinds of uh, physical afflictions, maladies, it may be that it will it may be that it gets worse in this life. It may be. It may be that God grants you uh, rest from those things and he heals you of your diseases and afflictions. But either way, there is coming a day when they will be gone. 
And that's part of the blessings that he has promised to us. And so for all of these reasons, the Lord Jesus Christ has come with these with this healing ministry. And when people heard his, his words, and when they saw his, his healing ministry, his works, they came to him. Now, verse 25 shows uh, a different kind of following. In verse 24, the emphasis is on the healing ministries of, of Jesus Christ. People seem to be coming to the Lord Jesus Christ for that particular purpose, to be healed of their physical uh, diseases and afflictions. But in verse 25, notice there is uh, something else that happens. It says there are great multitudes, great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. So not only Galilee now, not only Syria, but even uh, all the regions surrounding uh, Galilee where the Lord Jesus Christ had his particular ministry. All those regions are now following the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this goes beyond simply bringing uh, someone who has a disease or an affliction to the Lord Jesus Christ for healing. If you were to go to a doctor, you would you go in order to receive care for a physical problem in your body. And when you receive that care, you leave the doctor. You don't continue to follow the doctor. But we see something more than that going on. They are not simply following the Lord Jesus Christ because they have been healed of their diseases. They understand that the healing of the diseases points to something more. And it, it confirms something more. And that it wasn't that the Lord Jesus Christ came simply to heal of diseases. He came to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And here we have people from every region, when they, when they hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and when they see his miracles, they follow the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the natural thing to do. His words are words of hope and peace and life. And his works confirm those words. His words are a gospel of the kingdom that is needed by every single person in this world. All of those who see the works, who hear the words, and understand, all of them follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask you this morning, you who have been exposed to both of these things, do you follow the Lord Jesus Christ? It is the only thing that is right, reasonable, and logical in light of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and what he has said. Think of the way the Apostle Paul begins uh, in Romans chapter 12. He's just gotten past the, the, uh, the great doctrinal section of his letter, and then he moves into the practical uh, ap application beginning with, verse with chapter 12. And he says, in view of the mercies of God, in view of all of these things which I have been speaking of, the grace of God, give your bodies as a living sacrifice to God. This is the only reasonable thing. This is your reasonable or spiritual worship. There is nothing else reasonable to do in light of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the way that Matthew chooses to conclude the introduction of his gospel. We've been in it for uh, several months now. A few months as we've looked at the way that Matthew has, has uh, begun his gospel beginning first with the origins of the Lord Jesus Christ, both his human origin with the genealogy and his divine origin as being one who was born of a virgin by the Holy Spirit. 
We've seen the ways in which even as he's being persecuted as a young child in chapter 2, yet even there he's fulfilling prophecy spoken of the Messiah. We've seen how the forerunner John the Baptist uh, pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ and how at his baptism he was anointed with the Spirit beyond measure to be our Savior. We've seen how he withstood the temptations of Satan and defeated him standing where Adam could not. And we've seen now the overview of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I mentioned at the beginning, those months ago, everything to this point is driving towards Peter's confession in chapter 16. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the thing as Matthew begins his gospel that he wants all to see. All who hear his gospel and read it, he wants them to know that this one is in fact the Christ, the Son of the living God. And as Matthew goes forward then from this particular point in his gospel, he will begin to expound on the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and on his miracles that we might be left without excuse but yet turn to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and receive from him the healing of our souls. Is this your confession this morning? Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Father, how thankful we are for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and for the ways in which his works have confirmed his words, that we can be absolutely assured that this person who walked upon the earth, who was of no outward glory that we would desire him, that this particular person spoke the words of God, that we can say with confidence like Peter, where else can we go? You have the words of everlasting life. Lord, we do pray that you would grant us the grace to cling to your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the great prophet like Moses and even beyond Moses, that we would find him to be not only uh, a shepherd in of his church outwardly, but even that he would be the shepherd and bishop of our souls. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at newcovopcssf.com. That's N-E-W-C-O-V-O-P-C-S-S-F.com. If you'd like to worship with us on Sunday, our service times are 10.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock p.m.